0: Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 413 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, as my voice goes there, as I'm saying my own name. Joined today by the Brian Cody of Irish MMA media, Ian O'Neill, as we look ahead to Cage Warriors. This is a Cage Warriors special. Cage Warriors double ones coming up, so... We are an Irish MMA podcast. We decided to go full on and have a full preview for the Cage Warriors card. So I drafted in one of our trusty old triangle, uh, Lieutenants to uh, to join me today to uh talk about all about this and we will get into that in a second but we must tell you first about our two wonderful sponsors first of all Manscape Spring has sprung and it's time to join the other eight million men worldwide who trust Manscape by using the promo code severe MMA to get twenty percent off and free shipping. Over at Manscaped.com. I know Ian has been using Manscaped. I've been using Manscaped for a long time now. And it is... it it just they take care of you manscape take care of you the performance package 4.0 has everything you need first of all the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer it's an absolutely elite electric trimmer that provides the proprietary advanced skin safe technology it is designed to trim hair on loose skin although your balls might look like punching bags don't treat them like that waterproof uh, it has an LED light as well, so you can use it in the shower. Um, have you ever met anyone who finds nose hair attractive? Probably Harry Maguire, but no one else. The Weed Whacker nose and your hair trimmer provides the proprietary skin safe technology as well, which helps reduce snags, nicks, tugs, and all of that in your delicate holes. Then you have the Crop uh, Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Provider Ball Toner. You heard that right. Ball deodorant can change your life, and if you get it now, you get two free gifts the performance boxer briefs and the shed travel bag. So you can get all your stuff and put them all into that. Use the right tools for the job and head to our website right now to upgrade your hygiene routine. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code Severe at 20% off and free shipping with the code Severe Your balls will thank you. Exciting news as well. We have a new sponsor. If you haven't heard before Caldera lab, I know a lot of people will be listening in specifically for the cage Warriors preview and they're a new sponsor. They support us. Please support them. If you haven't heard of Caldera lab, they are all about men's skincare. Um, it is backed by a clinical trial where nine out of 10 men experienced healthier and visibly improved skin with Caldera lab. Um, you can get 20% off their best products right now by going to calderalab.com and using the promo code SEVERE MMA. Uh, Caldera Labs uh, ha, create high performance min skin care products by combining pharmaceutical grade science along with uh, nature's purest and most potent ingredients. What you want to get is the Regimen Bundle, a twice a day routine to transform your skin. It has. Uh, three things in it the uh, clean slate the base layer and the good the clean slate first of all it's how you start your day it's a balancing uh, cleanser the base layer is a nutrient dense fortifying moisturizer that hydrates uh, your skin and leaving you with a, a matte finish so you can start your day completely. and the good is your go-to at night with a clinically proven multifunctional serum uh, that helps your skin look tighter and smoother i've actually been using these myself now and to be honest uh, Ian just said there as we came in glowing I think was the word to use for me so I was absolutely good I'm getting older it helps with the fine lines the wrinkles the signs of ageing and all of that are you ready to take your skin to the next level of Cardera Lab. then look no further well than the icon the reju- uh, rejuvenating eye serum is here to address three uh, the three most uh, common uh, signs uh, of uh, uh, of uh, ageing around the eye, the fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. Uh, committed to transparency, sustainability, and excellence, Calera Lab is on a mission to better men's skincare around the world, priding itself on clean ingredients and doing right by their customers and the planet we live in. Calera Lab is a certified B corporation as well as a member of the 1% for the planet. Uh, through un- uncompromising craftsmanship, craftst- Menship, I can't say that word, uh, exceptional ingredients and rigorous transparency, Caldera Lab is here to provide your skin, upgrade your skin and confidence. So get 20% off with the promo code severe MMA at calderalab.com. That's 20% off at calderalab.com using the promo code severe MMA. Unlock your youthful glow and be ready for summer with Caldera Lab. I also think you can go to calderalab.com forward slash severe MMA. So that's, you'll get it there as well.
1: So Ian... I'm almost distracted now, Sean, from the yeah. glow from your skin. Oh. It's, it's, it's 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 unbelievable. Your so glow. it is, it's unbelievable. I just had to say it here on air again. <laughs> yeah. I you're, looking oh, you're looking fantastic. Oh looking Fan Fantastic. You're I,
0: you're Caldera Caldera lab. <laughs> You're a pure uh, <laughs> you're a Kilkenny man now. You're know, trying to butter up these Limerick lads into thinking like that. You know that there's there's something good going on. Well.
1: Like you know, it's just you're sandbagging. Some people may call it. That's a, that, that's all the Kilkenny these, we'll try know? anything to get that win, Johnny. You. you know yourself. You know, you, After going out on Twitter there uh, last week and saying that Galway are going to pip Kilkenny for the Leinster title, you're lucky that I even came on to talk with you at all today. now, to be honest, yeah,
0: I don't know. I was listening to a few podcasts. I think lads got in my head. If I'm being honest, uh, like, yeah, no, you what, know,
1: no fucking championships are ever won on the podcast anyway. But it's we'll true. see. That is, uh, that is very true.
0: Uh, oh, but you know what? We probably need to do like a, a hurling, uh, yes, state of stated a stated the hurling. Oh, Jesus Christ, that second captain's podcast. We were man Maliki Glurkin. He so he goes, like, um, do you know? They were kind of saying, Oh, Limerick are very good and all. And he's like, Oh, why, why are you, why you praising and why We don't need It's not like, it's not like Messi at the new camp Branting watching Limerick. I'm like, that's exactly what it is like. Is it? Is it not like when I was watching Kilkenny back in the day? I was like, oh fuck, I wish Limerick could win. But I loved Kilkenny as a team. And I'm like, this is like watching Raheen, or this is like watching Zidane or whatever. These are the best in p- players in the world. And I look, it's Limerick's time now. I'm not. I, I'm biased towards Limerick, obviously, but I wasn't biased towards Kilkenny. And I said it with them, but people just shit on things for for no reason.
1: Now I probably do it a bit with MMA anyway. But like anyway, I needed to get that rant out of there. We'll, we'll leave. Ah, Yeah, but look, we, hmm. we 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 might not like it, but you have to. Re- Respected, and I think that's what we got as well back in the day. So the turn, the tides have turned, as they say. Yeah, and I feel like Kilkenny people
0: are actually like pretty open to Limerick in terms of like fair play to them, like Jesus, they have some team, which is like. I, I think the greatest compliment you could probably get, they're probably thinking like, will you ever fuck off? <laughs> which is fair enough. Like we're all, yes. you know, which is, uh, I'd be doing the same, you know, and I haven't about, but uh, there is that level of respect there. Anyway, let's uh, get into it. We're eight minutes into the podcast. We haven't mentioned Cage Warriors Dublin yet, but let's do it. Um, look, I we've this is, the third time I've sat down to talk about Cage Warriors Dublin now, and I feel like we can hash it out even more here because we have, you know, the the, the link to the Severe May podcast to talk about it all. And we mentioned it over on the Chasing Pack the other day about the the kind of the two feelings of this, that it's a very good card, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing, obviously, you're going to be covering it all over in Canada, watching in, and, you know, to see a massive fight for East McKee, a massive fight between James Sheehan and O'Banelli, a massive fight for for Ryan Shelley and everyone else on the card, but there just is that twinge of disappointment. I know you, you said the other day that uh, you kind of put that to one side, but when discussing it here and discussing the card from when it was announced first to now... I feel like it's a very... And we did a podcast ourselves, you know, like, you know, matchmaking a card. And look, it's a lot easier to do that sitting at home here than it is for indeed to do it. Absolutely. But do you... Okay, here's two questions. Are you disappointed with the card? And do you think cage warriors themselves would be disappointed with the card?
1: Um... Am I disappointed in the card? As it's getting closer, the anticipation for me is definitely growing because there is lots of good stories um um that could come out of a lot of these fights as well. Obviously with Reese at the top, and you mentioned James Sheen, Ryan Shelley, and a couple of more um guys who are like Takamandu making their his debut as well. I mean, it's more like not disappointment, but more wonder what would it be like if we had maybe a Paul Hughes on the card or if we had maybe one or two other fighters on the card um, I, I mean Paul Hughes is the big one he's not fighting doesn't look like he's getting signed to the UFC so you know I know maybe they probably tried to get him on the card. Maybe it didn't happen. Something went on behind the scenes. We don't know really yet. But all the talk that has been coming from Paul Hughes and from his camp has been they're waiting for the call for the UFC. That's the plan. They don't seem to have any eyes on Cage Warriors. And I think, you know, maybe Cage Warriors should have pulled off a couple of stops here, got the checkbook out and tried to persuade Paul Hughes to come on this because we're we talk about this as being a good card and it is a really, really good card, but we are talking about next level, even if you get, even if you get Paul Hughes onto it, you know, and Kaelin Loughran is another one that I think, you know, he's fighting a week later over in Rome. And that one was a little bit baffling to me as well. Whereas, you know, you could put that in as the co-main event and you turn a good card or a great card into a special card, you know, just with two extra fights. Um, but that being said, like, you know, we've had that, we, 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 we know what we're getting. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Reese. It's a big stage for him. The co-main event is unbelievable between James Sheen and O'Ban as well. And I'm very excited to see Ryan Shelley. So the top three fights, top three or four fights have title implications on them. But and then we have a couple of guys who are coming in trying to get back wins, making their debuts, and yeah, we, I, without breaking it all down, I guess we're going to get into it. But yeah, not disappointment. I'm not disappointed. I'm looking forward to this card. I'm, I'm really excited to see the fights. But I do wonder would it have been it would have been a really special card if we had had the likes of uh, Paul Hughes on, a Kayla Ockren on it, and stuff like that. But look, at there will be back again in November. And we'll see what happens after that as well. So, um, I think it's a shame. I'm really like, I mean, with Paul, I think all the like all the buzz that was around that Fuchenich fight. It's like the longer that we don't get to see him in there again, that that will slowly fizzle away and fizzle away. And I think you know the perfect recipe would have been having him in a title fight headline and discard or maybe under under Reese, I don't know what way they would have done it I'm sure neither one of those lads would have minded who was top and who was bottom but it would have made it for a really really great card
0: I yeah I, I would tend to agree I I feel like with Paul Hughes right and now to be fair um and maybe by the time uh this this podcast comes out we'll have more clarification on this but I think I think they did try to get Paulius, and like I, I, I just think the closer we get to now, we're only what as we re- record this, only seven, eight days out from him. Um, it's three weeks ago, a month ago, before the UFC London card. I was like, okay, it makes sense for Paulius not to really have, uh, you know, a fight on K. George Dublin. He could get signed any second, any day. And look, if he gets signed tomorrow, then fair enough. But we're there now. We're we're a week away from the card, and like, would it have been bad for him to like have prepared and be on the card? I don't know. Now there might be something else. Maybe there's an injury or something that he can't be on the card. Um, I suppose we maybe we get some clarification on that around the weekend when the the card is on. But it feels like a big miss. It really does. Whether he's not, you know, it should could that have been explained and told about that? The Kaelan Ackerman one, a hundred percent. Now I have sympathy. With cage warriors They need They need a fight for next week too You know They have an event in Rome They need to put a fight on that But Martignone was the champion And like he gave up the belt And they're still They're still doing it I I, I don't know I just found that very uh, It's just made senseless kind of Put a big Martignone fight on it Put a big Dylan and Zan fight On that Rome card The Dublin card is the one where you need to sell 9,000 tickets, or, you know, I think they're only doing half the arena, so the the 4,000 tickets or whatever it might be, you need to stack this card to do that. This is your hub. This is the biggest arena you're doing. This is the one to look out at. Irish MMA is the, the war, I suppose, going on at the moment, because... They have the tree arena booked again for later in the year. And Bellator are here. Bellator didn't sell out the last time. PFL are coming. You know, it's very hard to see how PFL can even put on, say, a great Irish card with the the level of talent that's kind of signed everywhere else. Um, But still and all, there's so many tickets on sale for MMA events coming up this year in Ireland, and plus in, in what, just over a month's time, Katie Taylor is fighting as well in the same arena, it's it's very, very tough, I, I just, I'm not, I, I, I think we are both in agreement that it's a very good card, but it's, this could have been a mega card, this could have been a card we will remember for the rest of our lives, with two or three Title fights on it, like a coming of age for the best fighters coming through cage wires in Ireland. We see two or three of them going to the UFC, and like, best case scenario on Saturday night is one goes to the UFC. Like, if every single Irish person wins, the only one going to the UFC probably is uh, is Reese McKee. Like, I think James Sheen probably have to have another fight, Ryan Shelley would have to have another fight, and you know, no one else is close at the moment, so that does tell a story a little bit now. You know, that's that's not us being negative. That's just actually, like, analysing the card straight down. Because when we talked about this card first, we were absolutely nothing but positive. And we will be positive about it again here as we get into Because there are some very, very, very good fights. But it just feels like it's a little bit of a, of a missed opportunity for Cage Warriors to do a blockbuster, never-to-be-forgotten type of card. Like, the problem... Like, Bellator have done, like, one or two of them that were brilliant, put on some brilliant fights. But they've kind of... You know, they have... The last one wasn't great. The one before that was very, very good. And it felt like Cage has had this opportunity to take advantage of that, and it's just not been done. Let's talk about um, the fights. And to me, there are three absolute blow massive, brilliant fights on this. Reese and Jimmy, James and Auburn, and Tobias and Ryan Shelley. Uh, and I want to start with the main event for Reese McKee and Jimmy Wallhead. And it's... Uh, the fight itself, Ian. Let's let's break down the actual fight itself. We can talk about the meaning for Reese and the meaning for Jimmy and stuff uh, in a second. How do you see this fight playing out? Like I was watching a bit back of Jimmy Wallet today, and like you know, his nickname is is Judah Jimmy, but he's Jesus be doing a lot of striking lately, a lot of knocking lads out, a lot of landing big big strikes. Will that be the way he fights against Reese, or well, with the power Reese has and the way Reese fights?
1: It's going to be interesting to see. I think that's what makes this fight very intriguing. It should be maybe knockout Jimmy uh, Wallhead instead of Judo Jimmy Wallhead. As Jimmy, you were saying, Jimmy. But, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, look, at he's been, uh, you know, he's kind of found a new lease of life. And maybe that's because he's just formed in his own head a pathway out of mixed martial arts. And this is his last run. It, it was a fantastic story. It was one of the stories of Cage Warriors last year. Uh, him coming in and winning the interim title. And uh, it was a fantastic and a very surprising win against Matthias Figlak as well. That kind of got him there. Um, I do believe that Reese is going to have to probably play it safe, as is Jimmy as well. So are we going to see a kind of a tit-for-tat tactical battle or will we see Judo come in and what he's been doing over the last two fights really is go in and go hell for leather and try and get the knockout early. Now, when you are dealing with someone like Reese McKee, who does have that knockout ability as well. But, you know, Skabinski has it, Figlak has it as well. So maybe Jimmy is coming in here and he's thinking, I have nothing to lose here and I'm going to leave it all in there. And if he does come in with that attitude, I mean, we're going to be in for an absolutely crazy fight for however long it lasts for. Um, You know, with Reese. Um, we've seen him playing the patient game well, what I like to see from, from Reese was that we saw the patient game against Man, uh, Mantekivi you know we saw him being that you know methodical striker pinpoint and then we got to see another side of him against Justin Burlinson, where it was an absolute dog fight and he had his back against the wall at certain stages and he went and he had to dig deep and, and he pulled that fight out of the bag because that was almost very close to being stopped I believe in the first round the second round, when uh, when uh, Berlinson had his back, and and it was really close to being finished. The ref was taking a real close look. So, Reese knows that he has both of those performances. And and Reese has been in some dogged fights before in the past as well. But I think that those two fights showcase exactly what Reese McKee is all about coming in here. He's prepared to be, you know, I think Kiefer Carvesby uh, explained it very well when he spoke with us on the old triangle. It was like, you can either be standing in the back and be the sniper or you could be standing in the front line with the machine gun. And I think... The last two performances we've seen from Reese, we've seen him with the sniper and we've seen him with the machine gun. And it'll be very interesting to see how he comes out here and how he tackles the problem that judo Jimmy Wallhead is going to bring to him in this fight. I I expect Reese to probably, you know... Play it relatively, stay fairly on in the fight and bring Jimmy into the later stages where he'll be able to pick him off with his jab. He'll be able to kind of pick his shots and dictate the pace of the fight, dictate where the fight goes as well. And I think the longer this fight goes on, the less of a chance that Jimmy Wallhead has of winning. And I'm very, very interested that the first two minutes of this fight, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat watching because I have a feeling it's going to be absolutely hectic.
0: I, I think it'll be like that, As long as it goes. It's one of those ones that two of them have so much power and, like, one bunch knockout power that if this goes 25 minutes, it's going to be 25 minutes on the edge of the seat. But I think my analysis of this fight is the words you said there, picking shots. I I think that's what it's going to be. I don't think this is going to be from the start, at least, the most fast-paced fight. I think it's going to be kind of, as you you use the word methodical, I think that's the perfect word for winning, setting things up, bang, land a big shot, and then it could turn into that war if someone gets hurt because, you know, you get hurt, you go after them, they're going to go back after you and bombs away at that stage, I suppose. But I I do think, like, I, I... you know, you were kind of saying, maybe it could go go a bit, little bit later, two or two or three rounds, possibly if it doesn't in the two rounds. And I would agree with that, but I don't, I don't see it going that way. I, I think this is one of those fights that's going to end in the first seven to ten minutes. Um, and maybe even earlier, like I would not be at all surprised if this was a first round knockout because both of these lads will be happy enough to test their offensive ability and test the chin of their opponent. You know, both of them want to do it. I was, I was looking at, at Jimmy Wallhead's record today. And if you like, if you look at it, KSW, Cage Warriors, Bellator, UFC, here, there, everywhere. And 39 years of age is on a great run Is the interim champion. He is not coming around here to have, uh, you know, to pussyfoot around, to to not get into a fight. He's coming out here saying, look, if I lose, I might never fight again. If I win, I might defend it. If I lose, you know what, I might have a fight for fun again. It's it's very, and, you know, we, we talked a lot about the analysis there, maybe the other side of it is that, like how much it means for both guys. It obviously means an awful lot for Jimmy, and, you know, sometimes... It meaning more Can actually like Work against you Like Look uh, we, we talked about Hurland there Like I'm sure When Limerick played Kilkenny In 2007 By God it meant a lot more To Limerick that game Than it did to Kilkenny But who won Kilkenny Because they were the better team They were You know They had the head on their shoulders And all of that And they, they were well able to do it Even though they'd won You know Their 5 or 7 or 15 All-Irelands Or whatever it was before it Sometimes that's just the case. The, the, the so, and no, Sometimes it is The person who wants it more You know I'm not I'm not, uh, I'm not talking that down at all But This I'm very interested to see with this fight because you have one guy who's uh, the weight of the world is completely off his shoulders. He's at the end of his career. He's literally just he kind of said that he's coming to Cage Warriors. I'm coming here to have fun. I'm I I I'm in this position. I'm loving it. Whereas Reese McKee is like, I need to win this fight to get back to the UFC. This is the most important fight I'll ever have in my career until you know the next one and the next one and the next one. That brings an added pressure. That brings a difference. What do you think of that? Like, how is that going to work out? Because you know, we talked a lot of fights recently. Even like the Izzy Pereira one, we talked about the mindset going into it. The Leon Edwards Usman fight, the mindset going into it. I feel like this is another one, and it, we talk about that often. But it's very hard to predict how it's actually going to to work out. And if you look at say those two fights I just mentioned, I think it probably worked the different way with the different sort of mindsets. How do you see this one coming in? Like with the thing with Reese as well. And just, uh, I'll throw it over to you, like, you, you mentioned it there, and I, I would agree, like, when Reese is at his best, it's when he is loose and flowy. I remember it was that Tim Barnett second fight, I think, just to look so good. With this amount of pressure on him in the main event as well, in Ireland, with the UFC about the call, it's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulders to actually perform that way, in Ian, isn't it?
1: It is, but I don't think it's going to affect them all that much based off of what I've seen. Like, uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of speaking to, to Reese in a couple of interviews, and he's he's so laid back and relaxed about a lot of things that, uh, you know, even with. I was massively impressed with Reese McKee with all of the incidents that went around his first UFC tenure, to be honest. To go in there and fight top level competition for it to not go your way. Um, and then get caught, you know, can be disheartening and obviously like very devastating as well. But he seems to have taken that any stride. He seemed to have taken notes. And I mean, the performances that we've seen from him again, whereas that maybe that scenario might have broken a couple of fighters, but it didn't do that. I think it it actually built Reese McKee into a kind of a, a new kind of machine um, where he's kind of taken a lot of things in his stride, the release the comeback, the fight in Belfast you know, I think there might have been a little bit more pressure on Reese in that fight against Justin Berlinson in Belfast because you know, he is up in Belfast fighting in uh, closer to home up there, he's has to prove himself against a really good competitor in Justin Burlinson and win that title. And then he now is the time that he goes and defends it as well. And have listening to him speak with Andrew McGann and having had the chance to talk to him a couple of times myself, I do believe the pressure is there. And I believe Reese uses that pressure in a healthy manner to kind of perform the way he wants to perform rather than let it smother him. Uh, and to maybe talk about Jimmy a little bit, I was very impressed with his uh, interview with Andrew as well because you know we talk time and time again about fighters who are talking about retirement mentioning retirement and having one foot out of the door and that's something that we don't like seeing but If you can kind of handle that scenario in a healthy manner as a fighter, and if you can come to terms of it it before you actually retire, it can actually work in your benefit. And I think it's actually after working in Jimmy Wallhead's benefit coming into this fight as well. Like he's approaching this fight with his last camp. He's down in London, Shoe Fighters. He's getting some decent work in with some really great guys down there. We're talking about the likes of MVP, Norbert Novinni Jr., amongst a bunch of other great fighters that are coming out of Shoe Fighters right now. So I think... when you add all of those ingredients into both of these guys skill sets and mindsets i think that's what makes this fight an absolutely and fascinating and intriguing contest and i'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes down
0: yeah uh, i i can't wait for it it's, it's weird i think because I, I, it does fly under the radar a little bit and I feel like Reese always flies under the radar because you know he's a kind of a quieter character and he I suppose he kind of keeps himself to himself he's not like you know your Ian Garry's or your Paul Hughes's but by God is he every bit as good uh, a fighter as anyone on the scene these days and I'm looking forward to to, to seeing him in the main event I think he uh, I think he deserves this spot with uh, you know that prestigious 170 pound cage wire you up for grabs as well
1: Do you feel with Reese? You know, obviously we've seen the Manta fight and it was a a flawless performance. And then we've seen the Berlinson fight. You know, when you're talking about getting back into the UFC, obviously you don't like seeing fighters going out there and taking too much punishment. Do you think a super clean performance out here against Judo Jimmy Wallhead or do you think if he's involved in another exciting war that has the whole of Twitter buzzing and Instagram buzzing again, you know even though you're not really wanting to go out and take that damage, do you think it kind of would benefit him in maybe getting back with the UFC?
0: Uh, I I think it would, but I think the thing that would benefit him more than anything else is a big, clean knockout. Like, if he knocks him out, let's say a big left hook or a big head kick or something like that. That's the thing. Like, even remember Dean Barry, he got that big knockout... And then he got signed to the UFC off the back of that. Like that happens a lot of I remember Emil Mech, you know, he the one big win over uh, um, what's his name, the lad who kept ripping everyone's ankles apart, uh Husamar Pal Harris. And then he got I signed the, he got signed to the uh, got signed to the UFC. You know, I, I think it could be one of those. And like did the UFC know him, they'll be watching, like Sean Shelby and McMahon are one of them anyway. Sean Shelby, I think, will be watching uh these Cage Warriors. I mean it's on fight pass as well, that they, they can miss it and like, let's say he goes out here and he starches him in twenty seconds or a minute or something like that. Uh, I think that would be better than anything else. And do you know what? I think my like my prediction for the fight is actually something like that. I think Reese is going to be calm. I, I he, you know, he said it in the interview with Andrew, I made my debut here against Johnny Jitsu in the Tree Arena, and now I'm here headlining it, and. I I'm one of these weirdos, right? If if I was if I was a fighter, or if I let's say I was playing for Limerick and Croke Park, and it was the first time there, I'd love to go up like the week before, right? And like sleep in Croke Park, right? Just <laughs> just like on the ground. so I you know do you know what? I no, I'm a weirdo, right? Like I, I like to know my surroundings and get comfortable. Like I got to the Tree Arena now, I'm fine and comfortable. And I know my way around. I've been there probably what twenty times in the last couple of years. When I went there to start, not so much. I feel like that's the same for everyone, kind of me more so than most because I'm weirdo. But like, he's been there, he's done it, he's been in those dressing rooms. It's not like he hasn't been there before and done it before, in literally in that arena. And I think that helps, you know, if we all the world, uh, all the way to the world is on his shoulders from his point of view, that can help take that away a little bit. And you remember the great performances you put on there, and you're just, look, I'm going out having another one. I think that'll help him. And I I feel like Reese is going to be. Is going to be cool, calm, and collected, and I think he'll get the big knockout here. That's my prediction for this, anyway. But we better move on, I suppose, and talk about a couple of the other fights because, you know, the James Sheen and Elliot Elliott
1: crazy fight, an absolutely crazy, crazy fight. fight.
0: It's it's one of those fights I, I was uh, doing a preview for for Sherlock, talking about which people will be able to see during the week. And you know, sometimes I like to explain it maybe to the to the American viewers. And the only thing to say about this fight is. Trust me, like these lads are good. The two of these lads would not be a miss on a UFC card. Like the only people they've lost to are very, very, very good people. You know the only people Jim Sheen has lost to are two Cage Warriors champions, one of them is Ian Gary. And I still maintain it's the hardest fight uh, Ian Gary's ever had, or the best opponent that Ian Gary has ever faced. Oban Elliott's Elliot's only lost to one UFC fighter, and you know one um, uh, one of the, the 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 Cage Warriors legends that's been around for a long time. These lads are young in their career, they've had tough fights, they're well able for it, and they're well, well able to get to the next level as well, I think. Like, you look at James Sheehan, and the rising levels that he has done throughout his career have been absolutely phenomenal. I think it came earlier, maybe, to O'Ban, and he had a few setbacks, and now he's back on that trajectory again. And now I think they've, like, you know, the two graphs go together, and I think they've met at this one place where the winner of this, I think... If, let's say, Reese McKee wins a title and he defends it, I think the winner of this will be the person he defends it against. If he doesn't and gets signed to the UFC, um, or, or let's say, Jimmy wins it and retires, I think there could be a vacant title and one of these two lads will definitely be in that uh, matchup for it. I think that's how big this fight is. It's a wonderful fight between two wonderful fighters. Like, uh, I, 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 I don't want to make a pick in this. I think this one is, I, I, I'm going to go on with a draw on this one because <laughs> I really like both of these lads. But it's just a great fight, isn't it, at this level? I don't think you'd find another fight at 170 at this level with two, two lads, seven and eight fights into their, sorry, um, eight and nine fights into their career anywhere in the globe with a quality as high as this.
1: No, I don't believe so either. It's like two really great prospects who have like built their way back from defeats as well. You know where we've seen them at their most vulnerable inside uh, inside the cage, more so at Oban as well, having suffered that knockout to to matters Flaminas. But you know, two guys who kind of got back on the horse and are trusting the process here. Um, what I really like about I like, I think this like, similar enough kind of styles and both guys are very well rounded, but very similar. Mentalities and well, and kind of trust in the process, and knowing what they have to do. getting in there and challenging themselves against really good competition in order to improve themselves as fighters as well and we've seen that over the last couple of years with Oban and we've definitely seen it with James Sheehan as well James Sheehan hasn't been defeated since he's uh, uh, since his defeat of Ian Gary and he's come in and he's taken on some really stern opposition. I think that win over O'Meal Brown for James Sheehan is not considered a good enough win as it should be because O'Meal Brown has been going in there and putting guys to sleep and James Sheehan went in there and absolutely went toe-to-toe with him at times fought smartly and took the fight down as well which just shows his level of fight iq uh we saw the knockout against We saw another knockout against martin cause you know and this all came with maybe short notice of replacements and everything like that but nothing got james sheehan out of his stride he knows what he wants he knows what he has to do to achieve it and, you know, he went in there the last time out, Cage Warriors 145, got a good unanimous decision win over Jamie Richardson. A very clean performance by James, if you ask me. And this one is, I feel that he's going to have to get bring the dog out in this fight, or I think Obanelli is going to oblige him to bring the dog out as well, because this fight is going to be an absolutely grueling affair. There's going to be wild exchanges. There's going to be... Grueling clinch exchanges, there's going to be takedowns, there's going to be get like this. This fought, fight is going to be fought all over that cage warriors cage. And it's just a such a close matchup. It's so hard to pick this and might sound so generic to say, but it's literally going to be who is more on form on the night, who feeds into the atmosphere, who turns that nervous energy into kind of positive energy a little bit better. And who capitalizes on some of the small mistakes that both of these guys are going to try and make each other make, uh, make during the fight. Uh, like, I was watering here to even talking about. Like I cannot wait. This is like like, you know, we talk about the main event at 170 and the co-main event. It's an absolutely fantastic showcase overall for the 175 or 170 pound division in Cage Warriors. And whatever may happen next, it's going to be hard to look past either one of these men in James Sheehan and, and Oban Elliott as the next contender for the title, whether it's Reese, whether Reese moves on and it's a vacant title. I mean, you know, if, if per se, if Reese McKee didn't exist, these two guys would be fighting for, for the title. If, uh, and if Jimmy did, of course, Jimmy holds the title as well. So once the guys get that cleaned up, it'd be very interesting to see who gets the best of this fight because they're definitely going to be next in line, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people thought Figlak would be the next guy. And obviously, you know, Jimmy took him out the last time, so he'll have to, to build back a bit. So I, I, would, I would agree with you. And on the fight itself, like... <sighs> I don't know what's going to happen here. Like, uh, you watch James Sheehan and you just think he has become such um, a cool and calm technical striker over the last few fights. You mentioned the Cos fight and the Richardson fight, but also you talked about going for a takedown in the middle of one of those fights. So you don't know what he's going to do. Like, wait, what's he going Is he going to try to lull you into it and then go for that takedown? Like, I think the same could be said for Oban. Because, like, sometimes you think Oban's a wrestler. And other times, you know, he wears, uh, you know, his, his late father's boxing shorts gone in there as well. And he is a boxer at heart, at blood. He is a boxer, you know, and a striker. And um, I, I, I don't know, I, I just feel, and uh, I haven't talked about it now two or three times. My general feeling is that Auburn Elliott is going to wrestle
1: hard here um yeah i don't know if i think that's a good i think that would be a very good game plan for him because mm-hmm. uh, looking at these two guys and how they match up with one another i think while oban is a good boxer i feel that james is a very good kickboxer kind of my thai boxer where he like he ha- can dictate the pace with his kicks and 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 the distance as well with his kicks and kind of fight a little bit on the outside where um Oban does like to fight in the pocket. Oban does like to create a bit of chaos and that boxing does open him up for the takedown which we've seen him utilise over the last couple of fights as well. And it's going to be very interesting to see if Oban can close the distance against James and what James is going to counteract with as well. So I would be expecting a lot of jabs from James, a lot of uh, like deep kicks through the middle trying to keep Oban off of him. I would imagine that James is going to be wanting to keep his back off the cage as much as possible. But then at the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised to see James Sheen create some uh, takedown opportunities as well. And I mean, I think the more we talk about this fight, the more scenarios that will come up and the more confused that we're going to get then and who's going to win. It's like, it's and just that's like, the can best this fight happen already?
0: <laughs> that's the <laughs> yeah, best part of the
1: fight. Because if we
0: knew it, wouldn't be fun. <laughs> you know, if we if we know who's going to win. We know how the fight's going to go. It's, it's not that fun. So this is exactly what we... Uh, we all want it, and I absolutely cannot wait for it. Let's talk uh, about Tobias Cirilla versus Ryan Shelley, because uh, this is a fight that I am really interested in to see where Ryan Shelley is right now. You're six fights into your career. You're 6-0. You know, you've know, you obviously had the, the big test against uh, Matthew Elliott, which was obviously a very close fight, and then you had Josh Reed in the massive step-up in terms of name and... Madness I suppose When you're fighting Josh Reed And you've passed All the tests Even you know I beat Liam Alloy as well And Alexander Yankov Who's been around For a long time Early in your career After coming through um, You know you know, The amateurs Would only uh, Only one defeat I believe To Solomon Simon Who we'll also see On the card But I feel for um, I feel for Adam Shelley here, or Ryan Shelley even I oh, How many times Am I going to do that Next week For Ryan Shelley That This could really Elevate him To the next level because if you beat to be a Sorilla, there's only three people left in that division. There's Paul Hughes, there's Jordan Vucinic, and then there's Morgan Sharia. And what uh, will be that next step if you win this fight? Like, it'll be one of them. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, Sharia is due to be on this card. Um, uh, you know, Hughes, we just spoke about that earlier, I must to crack with him. And Vucinic. Uh, they have announced him for the London card. No opponent or anything yet, but like, be sure the second Paul Hughes goes, they're going to be looking to put that interim title or the vacant title up for grabs, and it's going to be you know if Ferreira wins here, he's the, the name that's going to be in uh, in the hat. If Shelley wins here, he's the name that's going to be in it, and then you have the two the, the two others, you know, with charrier and um, and Vucinic. Before we even get, I suppose, to the fight itself. I f- is this a bit early like it feels like a lot of the irish fighters are getting there very early but for ryan shelley it's it feels like he's done it quicker and you know maybe he's he's had a good uh, amount of fights but he only debuted in in 2021 i suppose had three fights in 2021 three fights in 2022 or was it four four fights in 2022 no three fights in 2022 yeah so uh, yeah six overall and now he's he's here in 2023 so two years as a pro is that enough time to be getting in like James Sheehan has been around for a good bit now. Robin Elliott has been around for for a good bit now. Is is this too much too soon in? I don't know. What do you think?
1: I don't think I don't think it is really for Ryan Shelley. Look at I don't think he has the time per se. Look at obviously he's had a very sex, successful uh taekwondo and 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 striking uh, career before he moved over to mixed martial arts. And look, at he came into mixed martial arts in, in the later years of his 20s. And he doesn't really have too much time to mess around with, to be honest. You know, James Sheehan came in relatively young, as did Ian Gary and stuff like that. So you have that little bit more time to develop. But it's that fact, but it's also the results fact as well, Sean. You know, with Ryan, you know, you, you get in there, you get a good win against Yankov, who's a, who's a decent guy, great win against Lee Malloy. I mean... Ryan Shelley's Cage Warriors run has been fantastic with the level of competition that he's fought. Obviously, he took one fight away on Cage conflict with Paula Vista. But you look at the Malloy win, the Jareeve win, the Elliott win, which was a close fight. But he was massively impressive in that Josh Reed fight. Like Josh Reed can cause a lot of problems in there. And I think that um, Ryan went in there and just wiped the floor with him. And, you know, for coming in, Um, as a guy who's known for his striking, he's got more submissions in his professional career than anything else. Three rear naked chokes out of six wins. So that shows the work that he's doing in there at Team KF with Chris Fields and Tom, you know, that he's getting that mat time in, he's progressing his grappling game as well and slowly developing into a very well-rounded fighter overall. And I mean, what better of a guy To put him in there with to see how well-rounded you are Tobias Harilla. Just a a glorified madman, really, to be honest. A very well-rounded fighter. A guy who's going to move forward and push the action here. And I'm very curious to see what kind of game plan that the lads have come up with uh, to kind of compete with a guy like that. The confidence... The confidence of being undefeated is one thing, but the confidence of seeing your opponent being beaten before can add to that kind of level of confidence that you're bringing in too. And we have seen Tobias Cirilla as good as all as he is. We've seen him beaten. We've seen William Gomez beat him on the back foot and stay out of there. And I can see Ryan Shelley doing that too, to be honest. And, we, and we've seen Samuel Barr come in there and fight fire with fire and put him out of there with knees as well. And I can see Ryan Shelley doing that as well. Um, I'm very curious to see if Tobias Herrilla does initiate the grappling. uh, How Ryan, uh, uh, does he get comfortable with that? Does he accept it? Or does he want to try and break away and win this fight on the feet? Because I do think that that's his easiest route to victory, is kind of picking him apart I don't I think you're know, you're playing with fire a little bit if you're going to come in there and, and kind of fight like Samuel Bark Samuel Bark just came in there and said fuck this I'm going at, at this guy and a, it was a great fight there was a lot of you know Samuel Bark had, had testy moments in that fight as well but it was the knees and the clinch and maybe that's the weakness in Tobias Herrilla's game maybe maybe Ryan can, has seen some things maybe Chris has seen some things and maybe they can take advantage here but I, if I'm if I'm the lads and and you know, I, my assessment on the fight, I'm looking at that William Gomez fight where Gomez fought on the back foot. You land your strikes, you get out of there, you don't let Harilla get too close, and you just pick him apart for three rounds.
0: It's and the key for Crosby thing again, isn't it? You're either the, the sniper or the, the hand-to-hand guy. Like, that's exactly it. I, I, And you know what? I, I I was just about to say it before you said the exact same thing. You're 100% correct. I think Shelly needs to have been a boss. Here because we, if you just try to do one thing during the whole fight, it's going to be very hard to do that against a guy like Kareela. Now, Gomez was able to do it, but Gomez. I don't think there are many fighters on planet Earth who could do what Gomez did that night, to be honest. And Bark is like a world-class kickboxer. I remember previewing the the that fight with Brad uh, before it happened. He was like, just watch out for this guy. <laughs> just watch out for this guy. And then we, we we watched out and we saw what happened. So I, I don't think necessarily Shelly is as good as Bark at doing what he did or as good as Gomez as what doing what he did. But he might be able to do a bit of both better than the... T- the two of them could do a bit of ball like I don't think Bark could necessarily fight the way Gomez did and I don't think Gomez could necessarily fight the way that Bark did but do you need to be kind of that specialist to beat a guy like to be a Cirilla I suppose what we're going to do is what we're going to find out I agree with you as well uh, about the and not necessarily even on the ground you know you said accepting the positions uh, look, my the biggest frustration I've ever had watching MMA is watching Anthony Pettis. And the fact that he always, or, or at times anyway, like 90% of the time, uh, accepted like walking on the back foot or being walked down. And it lost him so many fights. Now, he also was like, I'm really happy to fight in any position. And it won him a lot of fights with guillotines and stuff like that. But... You cannot afford to do that against Tobias Orilla. You know, we heard after the Matthew Elliott fight that, you know, and you know, he won the fight. So, okay, we can decide whatever way we want about that. You know, uh, uh, Chris Fields spoke about it that, like he was happy to fight on the ground because he knew the criteria and he was landing shots. Well, you do that against Orilla and it's, I don't think that's going to work. You know, you can't give up those positions against an absolute monster like Orilla who's going to be landing big shots on top, like I think if Matthew Elliott had his time again, I think Shelley would have to get out of there, because he would be landing those big shots on top, Um, I I think it's a desperately hard matchup for Ryan Shelley, and uh, to be as real as a hard matchup for any fighter on planet Earth under 145 pounds, he just is, but like, I'll say it again, if he can pass this test, Ryan Shelley, no matter how he does it, I think we're talking about a next level type of movement after this, and I think everyone will in Ireland will be very, very, very excited if he can pass this test and move on to the next one because it's only uh, it's only bigger from here. Um, let's move on and run through some of uh, some of the other fighters on this card. Obviously, there's a lot of Irish talent on it. Has Adam Shelley got an opponent yet? Did, obviously, you know Dean Barry pulled out. I don't think anyone was uh, what was too uh, was too exclaimed when they when they found that out. Poor old Dean Barry uh, can't catch a, a bit of look. But uh, have you heard anything about Adam Shelley yet? Does he have a fight? See,
1: yeah. no, no. Just based off what he, uh, he said with Andy on the interview. There, um, they had uh, seemingly signed this fight with Dean with a backup fighter just in case anything did happen. Um, but there's been no names crossed about. The uh, there's been no word from from Andy or anyone about any progress in that. Uh, I do hope that he does get one. It must be massively frustrating for him, you know, to put the preparations in uh, and for something like that to happen. Obviously, injuries do happen and and, and stuff like that. But um, as you said, it was quite predictable that this was going to happen. I think Cage Warriors put in a backup fighter for that reason. Um and I think uh yeah, it's just an unfortunate situation for him when he's getting ready for a fight. And now we're about what two weeks out and we're not hearing any word. Maybe something has kind of gone down uh in the background. But yeah, I'd hope that we would get an announcement. We're like a little less than a week out now, so something's gotta be happening fairly soon and hopefully we get to see Adam Shelley on the card.
0: Yeah there also are like five or six fights here around the 155-145 range, so if we probably did wait a couple of days,
1: maybe one will emerge you know? it could be What's like the on, an on-the-day an on fight uh, yeah. announced as well if someone missed weight or something like that Adam Shelley versus
0: Ryan Shelley let's oh, <laughs> make, it, make it happen make it happen Warrior uh, 2 <laughs> we'll, we'll see it um, so some of the Team KF guys, obviously we've just talked about the, the two Shelleys, but Uh, Leon Hill fighting Martins and Takamandu is on this card as well unfortunately Omar and on the card James Webb on the card I think there are two lads that people were really looking forward to seeing on the card again. That's a bit unfortunate. I think it's like, especially James Webb, like, I don't know, he fought a couple of weeks ago, but he could have, could have been on this card, a former champion, just to beef it up a bit. But I don't know what, what the story is there. Um, it's a massive night for Team KF because, you know, talking to Brad a couple of weeks ago in one of the previews, he kind of mentioned that, like, we always look in MMA about people, you know, carrying the flag and bringing it on. Like, we had the likes of of Connor and Cahill and Chris Fields and, and Ashling Daly and everyone else, you know, in cage warriors holding those belts and, and you know, the likes of Neil series. And now we see the team Rhino guys on this card and they're the next wave of guys are coming through. We see the team KF guys. I suppose this is kind of, you know, their night almost, uh, uh, above everyone else's in terms of, uh, of the Dublin contingent on it with, you know, a lot of big fights and a lot of moving fights on it as well. It's a massive night for Team KF. And this is kind of, I suppose, what they have wanted to do over the last few years. Like, they've gone down this route. They want to go to Cage Warriors route. They want to go to UFC route. And it's a massive night. Talk to us about Leon and, and Taka. They're two of their, their best prospects. Maybe, like, especially Taka, maybe hasn't got as many fights as he'd hoped over the last while. Leon now is on a better run. He's 4-1 but it's uh i would i would think that team kf and all the lads are hoping this is the start of a, of a great run especially with the two big cards in ireland now
1: Yeah, it's kind of great for Team KF, you know, they have the Shelley brothers who have been, you know, making waves in Cage Warriors. And then also you've got Paka, who's coming in, who who signed up a long time ago to Cage Warriors and is only making his debut now. Uh, Obviously, we've seen Leon in there before. He took a fight at very short notice for his first fight at Cage Warriors 116, took that on a week's notice and lost a unanimous decision. Since then, he's had some injuries. He spoke to Andy about a couple of uh, concussion isu- issues that he's had to sort out. And you know what? Good on him for kind of taking the time, taking uh, taking his time in coming back and competing because, you know, concussion is no joke. And we've seen some fighters in the past who have never recovered. So I'm hoping, and I think that we, the proof is in the pudding, really, that we've seen the last three wins from Leon. Uh, he's gone out there and he's got three finishes. And now this fight for him... Against Martian Zembala, who's also on himself on a run, um, it's going to be a good test for him. I think, look, at Zembala has a record of seven and six, but um, he's had a, a kind of a patch record he's fought decent competition but over the last year or two he's really found his rhythm he's won his last three and it's a good test for Martian as it's just as good a test for Leon Hill but I'm very excited to see Leon this is the kind of platform that a guy like Leon Hill needs to be on it's also a platform that Takamando needs to be on and I think with Taka's career so far and his professional career at only 25 we've only seen flashes of how good that Taka can be and he spoke to Andy about, you know, new, uh, a new way, at uh, least of life and uh, a newfound dedication to the sport. And I'm glad to hear that coming from Taka as well, because that's what you need to get to the very top. He looks in phenomenal form. He has a great personality, has a fantastic set of skills, very well-rounded. So I'm excited for him to come in here on Cage Warriors and showcase his ability. You know, Benoit Blanc is a decent challenger for him. You know, we've seen him at Cage Warriors 137. He, he was unlucky not to get the um, the win against Palermo Pal- Palacio. Uh some an, outfit. SPG but, fighter uh, in name Cage Warriors, what? That's, that's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, got got that. and I think he's fighting again now too, as well yeah, on the future yeah. cards. So yeah. Um, but look at yeah Palericio is a very good fighter as well and, and you know you're, there's no shame losing a decision to a guy like him but it's a really good test for Taka here I'm just delighted that he's on this stage delighted that we're getting to see him compete again I'm looking forward to seeing Taka 2.0 that's what he's saying that it's going to be and, uh, and the cat will be back in style as well but you know we have to give a mention and I'll go back to Martian Zambala as well who's always uh, a good representative of Irish mixed martial arts he fights out with Team Torres and at 20 like I said, he's found his groove, and it's a kind of a what do you, you don't want it? Do you want us to call it a domestic? Is it a domestic? Could we label this a domestic fight, John? Mm, I don't know. I didn't
0: borderline. I fucking I, I'm a bit like Vince <laughs> McMahon for certain words. I hate the word domestic. Like, let, let's say, I don't know, like, if, let, let's say Reese McKee got to the UFC right now and he fought Ian Gary. There be people calling that a domestic fight. Like fuck off with that shit. Like it's that's not a domestic fight. Like this is touch and eye. I think you could just about call this a domestic fight. Maybe kind of.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll squeeze it out. We'll, we'll squeeze really. it out. But yeah, like I mean, look at the two Shelley brothers with Taka with Leon. Like you said, it's a fantastic night. Uh, proposed night for for Team KF. Um. You know, we're getting the vibes of of the rise of of the likes when Chris was coming up with all of his teammates. He's trying to create the exact same kind of atmosphere in Team KF and with Cage Warriors as he did himself in the past. And I'm very excited to see how it all progresses. Um and uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Team KF goes on. All got solid tests, but that's what all that you're gonna get in Cage Warriors. It's a massive night
0: too, you know. obviously for Dublin, Team KF and, and Team Rhino as well. We spoke about Jim Sheehan uh, in depth there, but it's I think it's a big night for, how would you call it, the northeast of, of Ireland with, you know, Reese McKee. Obviously in uh, in the main event, you have Martín Zimbella, you have um, Decky McAleenan, you have Kyle, Kyle McClurkin, you have Paddy McCrory. A lot of guys from that area of the world, you know, Andrew McGann will be absolutely delighted, but it's it's been a real hotbed for MMA over the last while, hasn't it? Because, like, I wonder, is that a bit of an advantage, too? The fact that we had no... Uh, MMA in the Republic for a long time and it was very hard to get it going and they had a lot up there I wonder if that a bit of an advantage but like FAI is a very good gym we know Rodney has been doing a lot of great work for years you mentioned Team Torres there, a good uh, you know an OK, I heard their Jiu Jitsu isn't great but other than that I'd you say know, it's very 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 good that's a joke that's an Andrew McGann joke anyone, <laughs> But anyone um, he'll be after you he will be after you it. but it's it's a great time for that, that side of the world I know you, yourself covering um, a lot of the local MMA obviously on the ultra triangle with our championships and, and all the other cards you know cage legacy obviously coming, kind of coming from that side of the world as well it's a real hotbed for mma and probably the hotbed for mma in ireland outside of uh of dublin i suppose or even in you know in conjunction with dublin early
1: yeah, 100%. Like, hotbed is the exact word that you should be using, using there. And, you know, you mentioned Paddy McCurry. Um I'm very, very excited to see him coming in here Um, after the performance that he put on. Look at he lost to James Webb, but you're coming in at this early stage of your career and you're putting on a, a performance like he did against a former middleweight champion in Cage Warriors, losing a unanimous decision, and almost had him out of there in round three as well. So, I mean, number one, it takes balls of steel to come in there, 25, and take on a fight. At that, like that, at short notice, and you know, he would have gained massive, massive uh lessons from that. He gave a great interview with Andy up at FAI, and he's definitely one to look out for as well. Colin McClurkin, the same coming out of FAI. Um, you know, he hasn't had uh, things go his way. I obviously lost to Kristen Leroy Duncan last time out, um, but picked up a couple of great wins before that uh, as well. Um, and I feel, um, you know, he's going to learn a lot, like, it's there's no shame. To to, to, lose to a guy like Christian Riei Drunken who's gone on to the UFC now so I think for both Paddy and for Kyle coming out of team uh, FAI or or FAI Ireland up there in the north I think is uh, you know two bounce back performances two good chance to get back into the win column and I'm very excited to see that as well you also mentioned team Rhino, Adam Darby coming back, he'll be looking to kind of respond after his first defeat as well Um, and I think, uh, you know, he's going to learn a lot of lessons from that knockout, Um, look at I mean what Lessons can you learn? I'm not too sure, but I mean, he has know, all the got, skills,
0: doesn't he? Like he has the size, and the jab, and the power. He, was just, he got tough one.
1: Yeah, he got like just got clipped early in that fight. And sometimes, you know, it just proves sometimes if you're not fully turned on from the start bell, these things can happen. And you know, we see those kind of uh, things happening early in people's careers. But like I always love, and we mentioned three guys who are coming back in off the back of losses there, and Paddy and Kyle and Adam Darby as well. To me, right, what gets me excited as a guy who watches mixed martial arts is what we're going to see next because when a guy loses a fight, it it completely molds their thinking, it molds their training, it consumes them, and it turns them into a beast uh, sometimes as well. You know, it's very hard to stay undefeated in mixed martial arts. And I always get excited. Look, we always... Reveling the undefeated streak but w- what I enjoy most is watching a fighter come back from especially their first loss of their career where they really reassess stuff and I'm very excited to see Adam coming back as I am with Paddy and the same with Kyle as well and then there's a couple of other young and upcomers. I don't know. I'm just staying ranting here until you're, you're you start. You're quite right.
0: I I think th- th- we've only a couple left, but I suppose Solomon Simon and Alexander O'Sullivan. You're mentioning about Alexander O'Sullivan's opponent, kind of saying that and, and he might be out, but sure, I'm sure they'll get someone else. But the two of them, like, you could argue that they've been the two standout amateurs on the scene over the last maybe five years. Maybe others have gotten to a higher level or, or whatever that might be. But, you know. I've seen both of these lads fighting live as as amateurs. I remember Solomon Simon, I think it was his, maybe his second or third amateur fight, and I tweeted out, like, very impressed with Solomon Simon, and now to be able to see him as a pro is going to be very, very good. And another guy as well, coming out of, of Team Rhino and Team Rhino Waterford uh, as well. And, you know, for Alexander O'Sullivan, kind of running that gym now, and C-Mac, probably, the, you know, the the most active early amateur gym in, in Ireland over the last few years as well. It's great to see him getting these flowers and getting his placement on this big car because, you know, he deserves it. He has is, he is trucked and trailed around the country and around Europe as an amateur, and it's great to see him, I suppose, get this, um, get this placement here. Um... A couple more, we didn't touch on decky much, but like, decky McAleenan is a guy who was close to the title contention a few years ago, 155, down to 145. Now, uh, I don't know much about his opponent, uh, Wasi but Cage Warriors always have been high enough on decky he always brings it, you know, it's always fun when you watch decky fight. And, you know, it's Decky in his IR championship as well, isn't it? He's doing, uh, you know, he's involved in MMA, I suppose, all the time. But, you know, I can't forget about Decky's fighting as well. It's a big fight for Decky. But also Ryan Curtis. Those two lads, I think, are the lads that are... You Know a couple of wins, and I mentioned it earlier. There aren't a lot of people, I suppose, outside of the top three fights on the precipice of maybe moving up. A lot of lads, you know, young and will need three, four, five fights before they get into that talk. But Decky and Ryan Curtis are two guys that are like they've been around for a while now. Maybe they've gotten unlucky at you know at times in their career. Definitely with Ryan Curtis getting so unlucky with injuries and all of that, but. Those are two lads in the middle of the card that I think a lot of fans will come out for, especially Curtis. Like, he used to have an unbelievable fan base uh, in Ireland, and I think he's a very good ticket seller as well. So the two of them lads, a big night for, I suppose, the, the, you know, the how how would you say that the kind of the, the lads who have been around and just trying to look for that that opportunity trying to get that break for a good few years now and it just hasn't worked out for them yet but you're always you always have that little bit of hope for the two guys because they're you know they um not to stick them together or anything but like just they have that quality, I th- especially
1: Curtis. I think a lot oh, of people talk oh Curtis. Poor guy is looking for a career resurgence. Really, it, yeah. in, in some ways, and that's that's what I would label uh, with Ryan and with Deke as well. Two guys who've been around for the longest time as well. And you know, Ryan ca- got into the Win Call McAge conflict eighth um, last year as well. Uh, he lost, had previous loss to Tom Creasy and Amir Albasi as well. And uh, and I believe uh, Amir Albasi has gone on to fight in the UFC now and is a very, very good fighter. So, I mean, it's not as if Ryan had been losing to, to bad quality guys, but he's back. He's up in FAI. Um, um, Now he's doing his thing up there as well. And I'm excited to see him. Like, I mean... You know, I think this is the perfect move for a guy like Ryan Curtis, where you're going to go in there and you're going to get nurtured as a fighter by the matchmaking of Ian Dean. Like, I think one of the biggest things that Cage Warriors have going for it is the development of fighters, because Ian Dean knows the right matchups to make at the right time for every particular fighter. And he makes it look easy, but that is not fucking easy. I don't care what anybody says. So now Ryan Curtis finds himself in Cage Warriors, and I'm excited to see him progress and see how he gets on. You look at—he has a tough test on front of him, and Nicholas LeBlanc. He's going to have to be at his best. But you know, it's very exciting time for him. Still young in his career, still has time to bounce back. You know, there's a fresh 125-pound uh, weight division in there at. Uh, at Cage Warriors uh, at the minute, you know, we have the likes of Loner Kavna and stuff like that. So, so, there's a couple of great matchups and a couple of great tests ahead for a guy like Ryan Curtis. And it's the same with Decky. I'm going to be uh, obviously, we're recording this a little bit earlier. I will be speaking with Decky, it will be out on Severe MMA. Uh, always a good chat engrossed in MMA is and and uh, with our fighting championships he's doing a fantastic job in matching some of the young and -and up-and-coming fighters while at the same time balancing it out with his own career look at it was the scary knockout that he had against Tobias Cirilla I think the circumstances that surrounded that fight didn't really give Decky the ability to showcase his full abilities in there took the fight at short notice took it at a different weight class than he was originally planning well, he's back down in the featherweight division now. Uh, like you, I don't know too much about Idu-woo. Um I, I I will have to uh, kind of look at some 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 tape as you look at me strange from saying it. I think I did hope I didn't butcher his name. Oh, I, I think we're
0: looking at two different lads, isn't that Wasi Adishina? He's fighting. Uh, I
1: I'm I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a doo-woo on on I'll on <laughs> ah, come here so come have to talk to you. I don't know what's going to he's fighting someone anyway I don't look I, I think we can <laughs> are you looking at someone different I don't know I what's know what I'm looking at
0: I, uh, look I think we can say with a, a good bit of certainty that some of these fights will probably be different by, by the time you're listening to this or by the time <laughs> we'll have, like Wednesday their you'll have to come on and come come do to another, to another review show on the Friday another before review <laughs> show. The, the one last thing though is kind of the, the joker in the pack here and the Morgan Sharry who's due the fight Uh, Pedro Coleman um, look outside of opponent we we can forget about that for a second but Charrier you know we we spoke earlier about the 145 pound pitcher and uh, about him but like the thing here is I wonder how many people are going to be traveling to see Sharia. Like, could we have a big French contingent here? I, I think that'd be absolutely class if we did have that. You know, we saw with KSW a few years ago, the, uh, the madness of the Polish crowd there. And I think the Irish crowd mixed with that. Although walking out afterwards was a bit iffy, but uh, <laughs> during the night it was, it was absolutely class. And I think the French might be a little bit different. Um, but I think that would be class. And just to see Sharia as well. Uh, you know, he's one of those fighters uh, like Vucinic or like Hughes or whatever that you want to uh, you want to see fighting. You know, one of the best fighters uh, in cage And, is in. You know, I think without a shadow of it out nearly their best division, maybe one seventy as well, but one forty five. No, I think it is one forty five. I think they're smashing fighters in that division, so it'd be good to see Sharia as well you never know with All fights you know they tend to fall out a week or a day or a minute before he stays to fight you know with Morgan Sharia uh, Dean Barry fucking Ryan Curtis all on the same card what could possibly go wrong Dean Barry we've won down we've two to go nearly but no no touch wood that's not gonna happen yes, don't, don't, jinx don't, don't jinx it don't jinx it don't jinx, already, it. Already, already jinx it Right, is there anything I have? I left anything here? Yeah, no, I think I think I have got it all. I think uh, I think I've gone through it all. But look, it's
1: you're it's, all set for the trip up to the big smoke now, Sean. Am, your favourite place in the world.
0: I am. I, I'm only going for the one day because the media day is already done. Shout out to Andrew McGahan for heading down to to us for that, and we like yourself and and uh, and have uh, done a great job with some of the interviews. I might even have an interview myself up by the time this comes out. Uh, I never say when I'm interviewing someone because, it, you know, they always fall out, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of snuck up a bit. I think it really has snuck up a bit, on, I think, on everyone. But if you're listening to this and, you know, you're around Dublin on Saturday night, there are tickets available and it's very fucking cheap. And it's also one of those ones, right, where I would nearly be certain that there will be one person off of this, at least, who, like, goes on to have... A top career in terms of being a cage warrior champion or going to the ufc or something like that and you can always you can be like me there saying well do you know what i saw solomon simon as a 2-0 and amateur and now he's a bro or, you know i saw james Gallagher fighting as an amateur i was there for you know the i i, I was there for reese mckee's first fight in the tree arena and now he's their headline and i'm gonna be there as like you know I, you can be one of those pricks like me i
1: was in the helix that night for the, the cage okay, warriors yeah. were, were you there I was not there I, oh, yeah. I, I uh, my cousin McBrennan I think fought on that card and I chose not to go up and I was raging in there. I watched it on the telly at home in the local pub I chose to, uh, that's why I'll tell you the truth I chose to go on the beer for, for the beers Was, beer was it
0: on MMA Junkie at that time was it? Or what was
1: it on? I thought it was I think they showcased it on Satanta? I think it was Satanta Sports Maybe. yeah I watched it on Satanta Sports I'll never forget it. jeez mm. Um. but yeah it looked like a madhouse there I wasn't I didn't have the pleasure of being there um, with the rest of the 50,000 in attendance no,
0: I, I wasn't there either I was at the ones the Shea Mills Carl Pindred one the Neil Seary one where he uh, almost got head and arm choked by uh, what was your man's name can't remember but yeah you- is that them ones? Those Helix cards were really fucking fun. It'd be great to have something else. I also love the I Helix mean, cards the like, Cage
1: Warriors don't really miss in Ireland, really. You know, no, and, like this know. card is going to be the same. Like I think the Belfast card was good as well. Like they've always Brilliant. created some historic moments. Like and I'm that's why that's what has me excited. You know, you get a little bit nostalgic about the history of the Cage Warrior Dublin cards or just the Cage Warrior Ireland cards. Even the one down in Cork, you know, creates some fantastic moments and. It'll be very, very interesting to see who's making the headlines. I'd expect it to be Reese McKee. I think he's gonna go out there and put on a clinic, get a very impressive win, and then march on to the UFC in July for that fight night card. That'd be the perfect outcome.
0: Yeah. I uh I would agree. We will leave it there, so we will be back next week with even more. Uh on Cage Warriors, I will be home. I was actually thinking myself, my, my partner is coming to take a few photos as well. I was thinking I sent him like, Do you know what? We won't bother staying in Dublin. No, we'll head straight home. Eleven o'clock. We'll be home inside and tucked up inside in bed here in Limerick by like two o'clock. It'll save me fucking two hundred and fifty quid on one night in the fucking Gibson. Yeah,
1: <laughs> let's do it. You're not getting out that easy, Sheehan. You're staying in the big smoke. That's it.
0: Fucking Dublin. But anyway. As a, looking forward to seeing anyone there If anyone is listening to this And you see me around Come up and say hello uh, I don't think it'll be as mad as usual So uh, you know If you see any of us around Especially if you see Graham Like say hello to Graham Because you know he's, He gets a big head in these things And all so. We will uh, Yeah I'm looking forward to seeing you all there And looking forward to seeing the fights up close in person as well, and I I usually feel bad saying that because I'm like you know poor Ollie he doesn't get to see the fights tonight. But now you bastard, you have better fights than us coming up. Going to uh, I get Vancouver I get I get
1: my I get my chance in the sunshine there right? fairly soon now. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And then uh, look at look at it is tough. I'd love to be able to be there, but look at the way it works. It works out quite well for us behind the scenes. Get to do all the things, set up all the interviews, put them out there for the lads. They always do great work there. Check out all the great work that's happened before here as well. Andy's talked to almost everybody on the card. We've had a couple of people on the old triangle. Sean, he's talked to a few people all over there on severe MMA hit the subscribe button.
0: That's it. And also this week, if you're listening to this, you're like, Oh, where's the UFC, uh, talk. Well, Ian and Harry will have it out this Tuesday, uh, on uh, a yet to be named news. Obviously, you know, if people haven't he- heard, uh, Spencer kite uh, has, uh, has, Parted ways. I feel, I feel like I'm announcing a fucking a managerial sacking here. Or something. But that <laughs> yeah, was, it yeah. was it. Was you're a like mute, Jim,
1: you're like Jim White on Sky G- Sports G- here.
0: Breaking news. Do <laughs> I need oh I need one of these. Hold on. Do I have it? Can I? No, I can't do that. That's gonna get taken off YouTube. But I'm gonna leave that there anyway. But um, yeah. I I Spencer put it out there during the week that um, you know. It was obviously, you know, a tough transition over, and uh, he's decided, you know, to to go back to his sub and do his stuff there again. I wish him well. I think we'd love to have him back on as a guest and stuff down the line as well. We had a great time with Spencer, and it's very unfortunate that it didn't uh, it didn't work out. And obviously. Um, you know, we. I think it's it's an opportunity now for for you know some of the lads as well to, to take up uh, uh, some of the content as well. And I, I know you and yourself and Harry, you're going to be doing the uh, the post fight analysis coming out from the UFC, like uh, uh, you know we have been doing over the last while. And uh, I think it's a show that's really needed because myself and Graham come out in a a Sunday morning. You know, we mightn't have got a chance to watch it back totally. We're talking about maybe the biggest storylines, whereas you're going to concentrate more on the tactics and the the technique talk and all of that. And I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing that so if any, anyone out there has any ideas for names or anything for that show let us know will the audio be up on our Patreon the um the show will be up for free for everyone on YouTube as well so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that you're, I'm, I assume you're looking forward to starting that out
1: now Ian you are absolutely first of all definitely go over there and support, uh, support Spencer's work it was great uh, doing the bits and pieces with him over the last little while and we do wish him the best great guy and definitely go over and support his stuff on the Keebo or Kimura on Substack and yeah me and Harry will kind of <laughs> get in there and get down into the nitty gritties. Honestly, I don't think there's anybody that's more capable of technically breaking down Uh, a fight quite like harry powell it's fantastic and to be a part of it and to help him do that and to share some of my own opinion as well i'm really looking forward to kind of taking up that mantle we'll preview the ufc's when they're happening when there's no ufc's happening we might look at other fights we'll always be looking to bring you a show every tuesday there we're going to keep that slot open and i'm very looking forward to it next week
0: beautiful the, the, the preview show no meet the review show so we're all we're uh, coming check, at you
1: check out one more plug before i go i'm some man for the plug no, i will triangle on wednesday we have got pricks I not never like them i <laughs> <laughs> will triangle check that shit out on wednesday we've got two big big guests in the works there i like you i'm taking your advice yeah, don't It was one of the best <laughs> advice that you ever gave me before i started doing this is never say what's going to happen unless you have it in uh, the bag. So, I, I, I have a guest on tomorrow for Shardog, and I haven't even told Shardog who I'm <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, check out the Old Triangle too on Wednesday on the on the YouTube channel and everywhere else as well. Um, I'm looking forward. I'll be there. We'll be getting the lads' opinions on Cage Warriors and everything like that, and uh, we'll have a few guests on to talk about the fights too as well.
0: Nonstop, head-to-toe, Fingertip to fingertip, Severe May has you covered with a lovely big hug all over, and we'll never let you down. There's some other people that fuck off for five years and then come back and try to tell you <laughs> that they're they they were I was the first one there. I've been covering them We've been here all the time, and we're never gonna leave you. You know that you can rely on us, and uh, severe May have got you covered, and we will continue to do it. From here until perpetuity. Thanks everyone for listening. Click the subscribe button. Fuck the rest of them. Up Severe MMA.
1: Up Limerick. Up Kilkenny. And we'll see you all next time. Yep.